Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum, and in this episode, we are going to be joined by Julie Wold, CEO and co-founder and Chief Wellness Officer at Namast Wellness, a leading corporate wellness company. Julie is also the best-selling author of Inner Wealth, How Wellness Heals, Nurtures and Optimizes Ultra-Successful People, released back in March of this year. Julie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So I, I'm really excited about this uh, this interview today because I, I feel like this one's going to be a pretty upbeat chat. It's, uh, it's going to offer our listeners um, some brilliant takeaways in terms of how they can cope with what's been a pretty terrible year so far. Let's be, let's be frank about it. Um, but before we get into all of these wonderful insights, let's just start with a bit of an overview of, of yourself, your career background, and, and why you decided to, to found the Mast Wellness. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. So I started my career back in the 90s as a clinical social worker. I worked in hospital settings. I worked in mental health settings. I worked in geriatric settings. And I also worked actually in, in with children and families. So like many social workers, really had the opportunity to develop a lot of experience working with a pretty diverse population. And at the same time, was learning to manage my own stress. My, my experience was that um, there was a lot of pain and suffering and that people needed tools in order to support themselves in coping with the stress and also really optimizing and learning and trying to create growth opportunities out of challenging times. And so when I was working as a social worker, I felt I was, I was holding a lot of stress on my own shoulders. And I worked with some very, very, very disenfranchised populations who were suffering from mental illness and some extreme situations. And I, I, I had to help myself. So I dove deeply into the world of wellness. I learned to meditate. I started practicing yoga. I studied the impact of food and nutrition on the mind and the body, all the mini practices within yoga, things like breath work, the power of movement. Um, as a as a therapist, I, I clearly understood the importance of relationship and connection, and so really started to develop a passion for the role of wellness as it related to both my own stress management and mental health, as well as the work that I was doing in these mental health settings. And in 2003, post 9/11 started Namaste Wellness with my partner, Michael, who is also my husband. And we really recognized that at that point in time, people were needing resources to build resilience and navigate what what was a challenging time. Um, Obviously very different, but with some similarities to what we are experiencing now. And, and that was really the beginning of our corporate wellness programming, as well as our specialized focus in helping individuals and executives in optimizing mental health and well-being. And, you know, the, the ripple effect of that on performance, creativity, and over, overall organizational success. Okay, thank you. So uh, I've interviewed a couple of people in the past who, uh, who their partners are also their, their their spouses. That must offer some unique 
challenges julie i mean it sounds like uh, you're, you're perfectly placed to to tackle any stresses that are associated with uh, a 24 hour a day uh, six, seven days a, a week relationship with your business partner um but but uh, <laughs> yeah but yeah did, did, just tell us a little bit about about the, the dynamics there and, and, and why you guys decided to to create the business together yeah so my my husband and partner had um been in law school and loved law school and thought he was on the road to becoming a lawyer and then right around that same time really also dove into um the practice of yoga we actually met in a yoga class and you know in in an effort to manage his own stress through law school discovered the power of wellness and really at the time um back in 2003 when we started namaste we you know as i mentioned the you know we were post 9 11 we we felt that there was a need for corporate wellness for individual personalized support in the wellness space and he really just felt such a strong pull towards starting this business that decided to sort of put his law degree on the shelf and go for it with me so at this point he's really sort of the operational side of our business um he's the coo he heads up sort of the entire back end of namaste and um while he's sort of quietly whispering wisdom into my ear and i am really sort of the front facing um person in terms of helping us develop our content develop our approach to wellness coaching so a big part of what we do with companies is de is deliver education through really incredible master classes we deliver practice sessions through a variety of different types of mind-body practices, including fitness and yoga and meditation, et cetera, as well as one-on-one -on -one wellness coaching and support to really focus on the individualized mental, mental wellness needs. So my focus is really on that piece of the business, that, that content and the continued evidence-based sort of approach that we commit to delivering in terms of our clients and and he's the engine in in terms of making it all all go and and we've we've managed to um to to really love working together through the years although of course like anything you know we've had to overcome obstacles and challenges okay wonderful now you are also uh, a, a very successful published author julie uh, I'd, I'd love for you just to take a minute or two now and, and tell the listeners about your, your book, Inner Wealth. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, really, Inner Wealth was the, the culmination of many years. I've had the opportunity to work with some pretty extraordinary individuals and really high-performing organizations. And through the years, came to understand certain patterns, came to understand um, certain issues and certain solutions that proved to be really helpful in um, supporting supporting high-performing individuals and organizations in, in, in finding success. And so Inner Wealth is really based on, you know, that experience offers a way to, you know, offers a way to help people approach stress, burnout, chronic pain, time management issues, mental health issues, so much of what we're facing right now, and really gives a framework for integrating the most impactful wellness practices into your life. So we talk about integrative practices in my book that are brief, that can be woven throughout your day, things like taking a deep breath or just brief movement practices, 
um, as well as ways that we can nourish ourselves mentally and physically, as well as programmed activity, which is what we think of as sort of, you know, a yoga class or a fitness class. Um, everything is really built in the book around the four pillars of wellness, which is Namaste's overall philosophy and approach and something that we've been developing through the years through gathering information from, you know, the latest research from the finest medical institutions, um, as well as experiential information from working through with so many clients. So those four pillars are movement, stillness, connection, and nourishment. So it's movement, stillness, connection, and nourishment, and the presence of those ingredients in our lives that enable people to ultimately thrive. And so the book, you know, as sort of a takeaway, I think gives people a framework to create a self-care plan, incorporating aspects from those four pillars to meet their personal needs and their personal goals. Okay, thank you very much. And uh, I'd love to hear from you now. How did you move away from, from a business focused on helping the people on an individual level to, to helping companies address employee mental health? And given, given the current circumstances, I'd also be keen to hear about some of the challenges that you guys have faced. I'm assuming before you, you, know, you go into a business, perhaps. And you get get an opportunity to to uh, work with a with a group of employees in person and and uh, do a meditation exercise, a mindfulness exercise, whatever that might be. Um, but now everything's remote, and it probably will be for for a while yet. Uh, how how has that impacted you? Absolutely. So so two separate sort of things. So so initially. Um, so we've always, from day one, we've worked with both individuals as well as organizations, and they've kind of fed each other. So oftentimes we'll, we'll be discovered by a high-performing executive who wants to use wellness in order to up-level performance, manage stress, deal with mental health issues or physical health and wellness issues. And, you know, as a result of their success and the success that they have as, as an individual, they become sort of a, um, a cheerleader or ambassador to bring us into an organization. So that's one way that we've um, ended up working, you know, sort of making that transition from working with executives, individual ex executives, you know, to, to being in a corporate setting and then vice versa. What ends up happening is, is when we work with a company, oftentimes employees will raise their hand and say, you know, I need more individualized support and we can provide that as a resource. So we work with people in, you know, both group format in, in a corporate setting, and that can be live or virtually. And I'll speak to your question in a second, um, as well as, as an individualized format. So there's sort of the educational components, really the learning, the understanding about, you know, why, why these, why wellness is relevant to mental health. So we do this through master classes, titles like, you know, how to build healthy habits. Right now we've, you know, really focused on building healthy habits as you work from home and beyond. And so many people are in that situation this year. Um, we also focus on, you know, educating people on a topic such as supporting child and teen mental health during uncertain times. So that educational component is really key, whether it's live or virtual. Um, the second component is really the practical component. So it's the, 
the actual yoga classes, it's the mindfulness classes, it's the fitness classes. It's, it's that piece that enables people to bring the learnings of the power of movement, the power of these practices into their day-to-day -day life in a programmed way. And, you know, also getting tips, written tips regularly where they're able to find, learn about integrative practices, practices that they can integrate into their day that are, might take a minute or two to help them manage, manage their stress. And, you know, and lastly, it's that, it's that one-on-one -on -one support component that is that wellness coaching, which so many companies find valuable for their executives and will sponsor it on a corporate level, you know, and or executives might seek out this on their own for support. And so all three of these modules, the educational, the practical, and the support module, really we've learned can be delivered in a very high touch way, face-to-face, -face, but it is, you know, really powerful done on a virtual level as well. And we're able to touch many more people within an organization, which I think has been a real win in terms of that pivot from delivering our wellness for mental health service, service offerings on site versus in a virtual capacity. And in fact, listeners, if you go to the MastNY dot com there's a lovely button there that says book online session so i uh, i think you should totally do that right julie absolutely absolutely <laughs> and even you know even before that you know we whether you're coming you know interested in corporate programming or whether you're coming interested in something for yourself i think that you know a great way to start is to have an initial discovery call we do this for both organizations and individuals to get on the phone for 20 minutes and learn what it is that you're dealing with. Everybody's facing their own nuanced challenges, particularly right now. And the more we understand about your needs, your obstacles, your goals, the more that we can meet you where you are and, and figure out how to best serve an organization or, or an individual. Okay. Thank you. Now um, I'd, I'd like to, Get a bit more serious with you. I, I, I did uh, promise our our listeners that this interview would be uh, much more uplifting than some of the others that have happened recently. But uh, we do need to sort of uh, talk about a couple of big, harder issues uh, happening at the moment. Uh, it's affecting lots of lots of uh, employees out there, and that, that that's around stress and and the uncertainties of of, of uh, of the results of the pandemic. Uh, stress can have a serious effect on our mental and physical health, Judy. How, how can that manifest itself in, in employee behavior? And, and how can leaders try to recognize the, 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 those signs and, and therefore help to address them? Absolutely. So, you know, we have been seeing throughout this year and throughout the COVID crisis, um, just a huge, um, an enormous crisis in terms of employee mental health. We're finding that employees are completely dysregulated in terms of their sleep, in terms of their food, in terms of their movement, and you know all, all of those four pillars that I mentioned mentioned have been thrown um, off kilter. And either people are sleeping too much or sleeping too little. Either they're eating too much or they're eating too little. Either you know they they've all of their regular coping 
practices in terms of fitness or you know other classes people may have been involved in in the community much of that has been removed so some of those coping skills have 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 disappeared combined with the fact that obviously people are experiencing a lot of isolation the juggling of work family challenges managing homeschooling children managing you know working in small spaces potentially with spouses partners it is a very 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 challenging and complicated time for employees people are having fears regardless of what stage of isolation or re-entry or wherever you know there's, there's sort of an ongoing spectrum it you know there's anxiety associated with with that and so um and then sort of on top of all of this there's really this tremendous amount of grief that people are are dealing with and there's all different kinds of grief there's ambiguous grief which is sort of the grief of of much of what was lost or a way of life or 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 not knowing what the future is going to be like that's sort of anticipatory grief so th there's the grief is showing up for people in a lot of ways um and that sort of blanketed over many of these other other stressors so needless to say it's hard and needless to say employers have to figure out how to support employee mental health right now in order to you know do the right thing first and foremost as well as do right by their company which is the sum of their employees and so um you know i don't have a i don't have a source for this but someone was mentioning to me recently that the mental health statistic that was um gathered in terms of adult reporting self-reporting on adult mental health um in april or towards you know several months ago was extraordinary it was like at 50 percent people were reporting uh mental health challenges so 50 percent of adults so it's 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 a real it's a real thing so i just went into the problem and i forget the other half of your question <laughs> Uh, I, I think you covered most of it. Uh, the other part of it was how, how leaders can recognize uh, the, 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 mm -hmm. the, those, those indicators within their employees and, and uh, what they can be doing to, to help address uh, and, and any, any issues that employees are going through, perhaps before it becomes too serious, before then they're, they're, they're in a situation of presenteeism or, um, mm -hmm. or indeed uh, employees are having to take a lot of time off. Yeah, I would say to keep talking. I say first and foremost, in terms of supporting leaders and staying in touch with what's going on with their employee community right now, it's stay connected, keep talking, keep the channels of communication open, really removing the taboos around people being real and candid about what their experience is, what their needs are, what their concerns are. I think the more we can name the elephant in the room and, and keep talking out loud about what's happening, that's gonna enable us to understand the magnitude as leaders of the problem in front of us and therefore be able to come up with really effective solutions. I will say that the incredible leaders that we work with um, that are leading these amazing organizations understand that they need to focus on the fundamentals of making sure that people are you know, go, going back to the, those four pillars, making sure that we're mo they're moving regularly, they're getting enough sleep, they're eating regularly and health and healthfully, that they're 
continuing to learn and develop and stay connected and getting support. It's taking care of the basics. The basics are the ingredients that enable young children, newborn babies to thrive. And it's no different as we age, as we get older through the life cycle. And so, you know, simple things like, you know, taking a walk every day, things that can really have a profound impact when done consistently on employee mental health are worth are worth supporting employees around right now because the truth is is that there aren't a lot of other solutions. Nobody can make everything all better. So we have to build up employee internal resilience, their emotional resilience, their psychological resilience. And that's where we turn to these wellness practices like yoga and breath work and meditation and exercise um, and good nutrition that's going to build up our immunity and our stress response and lower our cortisol. It's these self-care habits that I think employers can educate employees around and provide them with the practical, tactical tools to engage in that are so important, as well as one-on-one coaching to, to help people navigate their own personal challenges, because everybody is having their own personal experience, um, of course. And then just lastly, I think in terms of leaders, it's, it's important to keep our eye on the ball about Sort of building community, particularly in workforces that are, you know, might be working from home or partially working from home or spread all of, out all over the map. Human connection is so important. It's going to be part of how we learn about the problem, the magnitude of the problem, and also part of the solution. And it's such an important characteristic and component of corporate culture. So, you know, when we work with a company, we really encourage, you know, to use wellness as a way to build community, to build corporate culture, because I think it's, it's a real tool in terms of um, this problem overall. Okay, wonderful. Well, that just leads me to ask you for today, Julie, uh, one last question, which is how can our listeners learn more about and connect with you? And I guess, how can they get a copy of your book? Absolutely. So my book can be found on Amazon and it's called Inner Wealth, How Wellness Heals, Nurtures and Optimizes Ultra Successful People. And you can find more about Namaste on our website, which is www.namasteny.com. And we would love to learn about your challenges and share with you what we are doing for some pretty extraordinary companies in navigating this challenging time and beyond. Oh, man, it's pronounced Namaste. Uh, That sounds way cooler than the way that I was pronouncing it earlier, Judy. (laughs) Do apologize. (laughs) but despite that i hope you've enjoyed your time today and that just leaves me to say julie well thank you so much for being a guest on this episode of the hr chat show bill thank you i so enjoyed it have a great day and listeners until next time uh stay safe thank you for listening to the hr chat podcast brought to you by the hr gazette 